0: Today, we're going to be talking all about why it's so important to actually get out there and meet the people that you want to do business with. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things i talk to interesting people and i answer your questions every week right here so be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it hey there uh today i want to talk about relationships and in particular face-to-face meetings back in june i was up in toronto and uh, there was a um an event called the smb social and I gave a little talk about relationships with sellers. And today I want to talk more specifically about the meetings that you have with buyers or sellers, people that you want to do a business transaction with. Um, and it, the 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 whole point of this was kind of brought home to me the other day. I was having an email exchange with someone who was looking for help to analyze a deal. Uh, they found a business that they think they might like to buy and they wanted to hire me. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to need all the you know, information you've been given, the SIM, the financial information. We're going to set it up in a model. Um, and can you tell me about the meeting you had with the seller? And this particular buyer said, well, I've never met the seller. I just had a phone call with the broker. And so I had to put the brakes on because that is not the point at which I typically like to come onto the scene because this buyer hasn't even had a chance to really get to understand what the business is about day to day. And that really can only come from an interaction between the buyer and the seller directly. And more importantly, um, I like to, I, well, I know this for a fact, the face-to-face meeting is the critical place where real communication is able to happen. Um, back when I was first learning business brokerage, um i had the the pleasure of being able to learn from some people that are were real veterans in the industry including ed pendarvis who is the founder of sunbelt business brokers and which has grown to a network of franchise offices all all around the world and i remember there was a, a workshop that i took from ed and it was in atlanta i believe back in 2010 and he was saying that when you have an email exchange with someone your first goal should be to get them from email to the phone and when you have a phone call with someone, your goal should be to get them from the phone to your office, to have a face-to-face conversation with that buyer. And he was talking about business brokerage, and he was talking about how to measure the seriousness and uh, of a buyer and their willingness to go through with the process. Because um, in business brokerage, as I'm sure you're aware, buying a business is a huge undertaking for someone to do. Brokers don't want to waste their time with people that aren't serious about carrying through this whole process. And so the idea was, is that if you could get people to commit to the process by actually coming into your office, they would be demonstrating that they really were serious about making the acquisition, but it would allow you as a broker to better understand who this buyer was and what kind of business would be a good fit for them. Well, that same dynamic also is at work between the buyer and the seller right? Because they're involved in a transaction and for the buyer to get to understand what the business is about, they need to have that, that communication with the business seller. The seller knows the business better than anyone else. So um, sometimes, and today more than ever, like back when I was first learning business brokerage oh eight, oh nine, twenty ten, 2010, the vast majority of businesses were acquired within a local region. So most people could drive in a car and go visit the business seller, for example. And what's happening increasingly is people are willing to transplant themselves. So they're willing to look further afield at businesses that uh, maybe they're going to move to if they do a deal. Or people now, in in particular, because of the events of 2020 and the move towards uh, remote work and work from home and greater technologies that are available for communication, people are more open to the idea of buying a business that's several hours away from where they live or on the other in another jurisdiction entirely or you know across the country and running it remotely right and so what people want to do now is they want to have this remote digital interface with people um and they think that they can get everything done remotely that they're able to do face to face and i'm here to tell you it's it's just not the case so in order to frame the context of today's conversation, I went online and I started to look for uh, articles and things, and I found this really great article. I'm going to share it on my screen, and um, I'm going to uh, going to describe as much as I can for everyone who's listening to the audio. But I found this article on Indeed.com, and Indeed is a is an employment career website, right? Um, but this was just a fantastic article, and I want to run through the the sort of nine benefits that they've identified for why face to face meetings are so important. So let me scroll down here. So the first one is interpreting nonverbal cues. So we have evolved as social animals over the course of time and we are able to pick up on things that are quite minute, body movements, eye flickers, uh you know, someone leaning towards or away from you, etc. Many of these things do not come through very well when you're talking to someone over Zoom, right? And so being face-to-face with someone is so much more critical to being able to detect when something may be amiss or there may be some kind of misunderstanding about what you said. You may say something to the other party and they don't quite get it and you may miss the fact that they don't quite get it and move along. And what you've done is you've planted a seed for a misunderstanding further down the road. And so being face to face with someone is going to be much it's going to be much easier to keep that communication on track um, and have it be as robust a communication as possible. And the second one here is collaboration and coming up with ideas. And you may think, well, if I'm going to go and talk with someone about selling their business, does this really apply? And absolutely it does. Because some of the questions that you should be asking when you're meeting these sellers, after they've described the business and their own journey and what they do in the business is you want to ask them questions like, hey, if you were my age, because typically buyers are younger than sellers. If you were my age, what kinds of things would you be doing with this business? right? And you can actually get into a brainstorming session with the seller about their own business where they get excited and talk to you about. Different opportunities that, particularly if you're an industry outsider, you may not be aware of. Right, so to create that collaborative energy is really valuable uh, in a meeting between a buyer and a seller. Um, Technology Uh, issues—I run into this all the time. Um, Almost all of my clients communicate with me through uh, Zoom or something, and I've wasted so much time uh, when someone's microphone isn't working or, or you know, whatever and. and uh you know what sometimes happens is uh, we just ditch zoom altogether and end up i end up calling the person on the telephone right it's not good to be wasting your time fiddling with technology um actually building a relationship number 4 um one of the things that is communicated in a big way when you actually take the time to go and visit someone face to face is that they understand that you've made a commitment to the journey and the time. Um, here where I live, if, if I was gonna have a meeting with someone on the other side of town, it might take me 25 or 30 minutes to drive over there. Some of you guys in major cities, it could take you an hour and a half to drive across the city, right? So investing the time to go and make the journey, even if it's a flight, like you wouldn't believe how many people have been through uh, my group coaching program, for example, where they've found a business that was in another place. And I've said to them, book a flight, like go spend half a day there or go fly there for a day, meet the seller, have lunch, spend the afternoon with them. These foundations for relationships have paid fruit so many times, right? Even if these conversations drag on for months and months and months, there's a guy in the coaching program right now who flew to the Middle East to go have a meeting with someone it was a us-based business but the owner spent half the year in the middle east and and so this person flew to the middle east to visit with the sellers had spent a couple of days there had several meetings with the sellers over the course of that time their conversation their negotiation broke down and then got restarted and then broke down and has now restarted again The initial establishment of that relationship through the conversations that they had face-to-face, through spending time together having meals, that is building the foundation of a relationship. If the seller has the choice between the person who has come and spent time with them face-to-face versus someone who's only ever talked with them on the phone, the face-to-face individual is always going to have a leg up on their competition because the two people are going to feel closer together. They're going to feel Like there is a real relationship there and there will actually be because they will have had the opportunity to have their conversations wander and tell stories about each other's history and and all that kind of stuff. Um, Which leads me to point number five here in this article, engage in purposeful small talk. When you meet someone face to face, the scope of vision that you have is not just their face. You know, right now I'm looking at the camera, you guys can see me, you can see like behind me the bookshelf, you can see the poster I put up on the wall. Um, All of this stuff has been curated to create a certain tone for the environment that I want you to think that I live in, which is one where, you know, there's stuff that I've created and books that I've read and all that kind of stuff. If you could see the other side of the camera, what you would see over there on the wall is this framed and autographed DVD cover. Um, and it's 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 actually autographed by Leonard Nimoy. And it's a cover from the DVD release of the very first original Star Trek episode in which the Vulcan nerve pinch is introduced uh, where Mr. Spock, you know, basically uh, pinches somebody on the shoulder, they magically fall asleep, okay? So this guy who was a huge Star Trek fan, mailed the cover to Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy autographed it and mailed it back. And now I have it framed on my wall. So if you were going to come here and meet with me about a business meeting, you would see that. And if you were interested in old Star Trek stuff too, that would open up a whole new range of conversation where you and I could get to know each other. But over Zoom, you would never see that on the wall. And this is part of what this means engage in purposeful small talk where you can actually open yourself up to all the potential cues of commonality and understanding and that's what relationships are built on think about any of your friendships you know you you met somebody uh because you went to school together or you played a sport together or you were interested in you know even interested in the same sport that you went down to the local bar to watch and you met somebody else there who kept showing up and then you learned that person's name and you started talking with them, right? Commonality and mutual interests are what build relationships. And you're going to be more exposed to those kinds of things when you go and sit with somebody face-to-face. Address sensitive issues, right? Again, ties into nonverbal communication. If you mention something that may be sensitive, you're talking about a business and their employees or their position in the market, or you know something else, you know like is it a business that may potentially have some kind of issue to do with pollution or do they use chemicals that may be seen as harmful or or do they have inputs from other countries which may have a poor uh, track record in in some aspect that might be um, criticized by people right? If you're going to bring up something sensitive like that, it's going to be far easier to navigate that conversation if you're face to face and you can absorb everything going on in that person and how they react to your words. Effective communication, uh, limiting distractions. Again, so I'm looking at the camera, you're looking at the environment I've curated for you. um, But what you don't know as well is on this back wall behind the camera is a window looking out on the street. So if I'm talking with you over Zoom um, and like, I don't know, uh, a fire truck drives by, I'm going to be distracted. I'm gonna look at the fire truck and be like, wow, is one of my neighbors in trouble, right? You're not necessarily gonna know that I'm distracted. You are not exposed to the same set of stimuli that I am because of your point of view through the camera. So again, distractions increase engagement and participation so um we've all been on zoom meetings where you know people are kind of like maybe checking email and stuff like that well again this leads to distraction and i think that if you fly somewhere to meet someone especially if you have to fly somewhere where or travel several hours to go meet someone you are making it very clear to that other party that you value the communication, you value the engagement, and you are serious about what you're doing. And so I just communicating that aspect to me uh, holds a certain weight that the other party is going to take you more seriously because you're demonstrating investment, which is exactly what, to get back to what I started with, that's what Ed Pendarvis was trying to communicate to us is that the buyers who will, Demonstrate commitment. The ones who will leave email to get on the phone, then leave the phone to come into your office—they are the ones that are worth dealing with. And you know, for some of you people that complain all the time, brokers don't return my emails, blah 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 blah. You know, one of the things that I commonly say to buyers when they complain about brokers is say, "Well, have you called them? Right? If they're not replying to your email, give them a phone call. If they're not replying to your phone messages, go by their office." Well, how do I know if they're there? It doesn't matter if they're there. It really doesn't because if you go to their office and there's a receptionist or someone there and you say, Hey, I'm here to see Tim, the broker. Is he in today? Nope. Okay, great. Well, would you tell him that David stopped by because I want to talk with him? I'm very serious about learning about this thing he has for sale, right? He is going to get the message that you are serious, right? Because you're trying to create that face-to-face interaction. Now, Few tips here that they put on this article. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Have a specific purpose in mind. Of course, if you're talking about buying someone's business, then you do prepare ahead of time. I have been in meetings between buyers and sellers before in my broker days where the buyer just really didn't have any idea what they were going to ask about. And I had to like coach them through the meeting. Don't be like that. Um, What I advise is think about processes, think about inputs coming into a business, what happens to the inputs and then what is delivered to customers or think about the service or think about the sales flow or the marketing flow. One of these things, think about these processes, sketch things out so that you are prepared and you know what you want to learn about. Okay. Um, Be selective about who you invite. If you're going to bring anyone along, I would agree with that. Allocate the proper amount of time. Yep. Uh, You want an hour to 90 minutes, at least or a meeting with the seller, especially if you're going to be doing something like meeting after hours at a business where you're going to get a little kind of tour to see things, because you could end up in all kinds of tangents, talking about machinery, talking about methods, talking about marketing, et cetera. Assign pre-work. So this leads back to the preparation. I have advised buyers before, um, if you have a series of things you know you want to talk about, there is nothing wrong with actually creating a written agenda for your meeting and sending it to the seller, for example, and say, here are the things I'm going to want to talk about. That way the person can be mentally prepared. They can be thinking about some of the stuff. And when you give them an opportunity to prepare, you never know what's going to happen. Many times a seller would take that and maybe create notes and things, uh, things that they want to be sure that they talk to you about with respect to each of the topics that you've highlighted. engage with the participants and assign next steps you never want to leave a meeting without it being absolutely clear what is expected as far as follow-up what's going to happen after the meeting and that could very well be that you have asked them for some kind of additional information so if you think about a brokered process you saw a business for sale you signed an nda with a broker you got a sim you looked at that then you asked to meet with the seller You have your face to face meeting with the seller, maybe throughout that meeting at the end of the meeting, you say, "Okay, I like this business. I would like to make you a serious offer. But there's a couple of holes in the information uh, as far as written data that I need filled before I can make you an offer. And so would you be able to get me these things so that I can make an offer? Right. So then you're giving a clear assignment to the seller in this case, at the end of the end of the meeting about what needs to happen. Or let's say you're buying a business where there's some kind of licensing requirement. So at the end of the meeting with the seller, you might say, Mr. Seller, I like your business. Uh, Now that I've learned what I have, I'm going to go talk with the government licensing authority and find out what would be required for me to obtain that license over the course of the first two years of ownership or whatever it is before I get back and decide to make an offer, right? So you're you're creating a clear set of expectations for what's going to happen at the end of the meeting. Anyway, um, that's what I wanted to cover today is just the importance of getting out there face-to-face with people that you're doing business with. There's incredible value in, in meeting people and just all of the stuff that expands. Like since 2020, there've been all these... Uh, opportunities for like these, these uh, what would you call them? Like these online conferences, for example, with different speakers and workshops and all that kind of stuff. And if you've participated in any of those and you've been to a real life conference where you go to a convention center, for example, you'll know the experience is entirely different. You know, one of the most valuable takeaways from a live conference is that all of that time you spend Chit chatting with other fellow attendees, you know, meeting people from different places um, at the dinner table or while you're at the buffet or while you're having a beer or something. Um, And so all of those advantages, all of the enhancement of the experience, you want to bring that together for when you're talking about something really serious, which is, for example, the purchase or sale of a business. And if you want to make yourself stand out, make the effort to meet someone face to face. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that. If you've got some other comments or if you want to share some of your own experiences about how a face-to-face meeting has really helped you in your deal-making, please pop them in the comments down below. I'd love to see that. And with that, we'll say see you later and we'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos. Special thanks go to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you.